My, oh, my, that sound. Oh, yes. Scott Moore, Matt Wedd, Eddie Zipper. We're discussing every election ever. Eddie, tell us about it. All right. Well, we're here to talk about every presidential election ever and beer. Beer. And right now, I have a barrel-aged, innocent gun, bourbon barrel porter. And I'm going to tell you why I chose a porter for this episode. Because in early American history, there's almost, almost everybody here is originally from people who are from England. Ooh, that's a good point. There were no people born here. These are our beer recipes at the beginning of the United States of America. It's mostly British porters and ales. Gotcha. It's going to change a little bit later. The Germans are going to come. They're going to bring us some new beer recipes. It's going to become a rich tapestry. And then the government of the United States is going to destroy the entire brewing industry. <laughs> I can't wait And then to we're going to have... If we're going to have five beers for a long, long time, and now we've got all these breweries again. But in the beginning of America, there were breweries everywhere, and Porter was the beer of choice. And it's, it's, it's based in bourbon. This one is. This one is. This is not exactly what our founding fathers would have been drinking. <laughs> I, I would think not. It's as close as I could come, though. I, I, I did my homework on this one. Yeah. Um, really interesting thing about this is that, uh, that right leading up to the Revolutionary War, they stopped doing British, uh, business with the British which was a big problem because that's where all their beer was brewed and shipped from. It, was, it all came from Great Britain. That's, that's a, a major mistake. Big problem. And so this guy, I, I, Robert Hare, created this um, wonderful American porter, and this was all that our founding fathers drank. When they were creating the Declaration of Independence, they were drinking Mr. Hare's Porter all the time. In fact, oh, wow. I don't want I don't want to monopolize the conversation no, here, no, guys. <laughs> but I would like to read this letter that John Adams wrote to Abigail Adams in 1774. <laughs> Let's hear it. I, I'm looking forward to this. It's is it a love letter to beer? <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's the kind of letter you send to your wife, and she goes, what in the hell are, are you telling me? <laughs> this is exactly what my love letters to my wife sound like. <clears throat> I drink no cider, but feast upon Philadelphia beer and porter. A gentleman, one Mr. Hare, has lately set up in this city a manufactory of porter as good as any that comes from London. I pray we may introduce it into the Massachusetts. It agrees with me infinitely better than punch wine or cider or any other spiritous liquor. <laughs> Even when they're drunk, they talk all fancy. Yeah. What is the deal with that? I don't guess the the uh, the British accent had had coursed its way through him, the American genome. How long would it take you to get punched in the nose if you were talking like that at a bar now? <laughs> <laughs> My good man, is this seat occupied? What is the state of this porter? 
I'll tell you what, though. Every one of these guys could drink us under the table. They could think us and drink us under the table. That's crazy. Yeah, they, what are you drinking, Matt? I am drinking... First of all, you, you, you all should know this. Listeners, you need to listen to this. They are going to not only drink me under the table, but make fun of me the whole time because I'm more of a cider guy. <laughs> and by cider, I mean apple juice. I, I really do not drink beer at all, so I have no idea what I'm picking out. But here's what I picked out. I picked out something by Four Hands Brewing Company called Cast Iron Oatmeal Brown. And the whole reason I did that is because... <laughs> The pairing is... You're not a beer drinker, and you went straight up oatmeal stout on the, us. The, the pairing is hearty beef stew. And so I thought of nothing more than like, I don't know, Valley Forge, campsite, beef oh, stew, I see. sausages hanging from somewhere <laughs> on the a, a picture of that. And it's oatmeal brown, right? I mean, I, it sounds terrible. Oh, there it is. I'm going to try. Uh, here we it, go. I first first draw on the oatmeal. You're going to hate this, by the way. Chug, chug, chug. It tastes pretty terrible. It's more like chewing on a leather belt. <laughs> it tastes sure. like hot chocolate beer or something like that. That's, I would probably really like that. Yeah, but you don't want to drink after me. I think my daughter has strep. <laughs> uh, I don't even be in your house if that's the case. Scott, by the way, is drinking something really, really unique. A fine pilsner. My God, it says it right on the can. <laughs> Miller Lite. <laughs> Listen, if you want a brew that is that is descriptive of the state of America when George Washington actually crossed the Delaware. What you do not know is if the painting had been taken from the other side of the boat, he was actually drawing upon a Miller Lite. <laughs> he he was actually he was actually <laughs> taking his boat across something that tastes like Miller Lite. He was, <laughs> he was what you don't know, Eddie Zipper, is he was on a beer run. <laughs> My good man, we are out of Miller Lite. We must go across thine Delaware and get more. I smell commercial deal. A case of thy Miller Lite. All right. All right, wow. so we've all introduced what beers we're drinking, and mine is gone. Mine is... Son of a, you are, yeah. you just destroyed that thing. Man, Mine's it was here. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch you drink every sip of that. Ugh, the faces I'm making. I'm writing a letter to my wife right now about this beer. <laughs> How it pleases you very much. Twas delicious, my love. <laughs> my love for you is only, is only exceeded by my love for this beer. <laughs> I, well, I guess we're supposed to talk about elections too, right? Yeah. Are we talking about elections or just beer? Though? We are. We're, we're going to start with the first election. It makes sense we'd start with the George Washington. Exactly. I hear he was pretty famous president. Yeah, this is a weird election because it's the election of 1789. Right. This is the only election that takes place in an odd year in all of American history. What, what did we just say? We actually had it that year and someone said, we can't do this. We need to change it to even years. <laughs> that has to be why they, they, that only 14% of people showed up to vote for this thing. <laughs> right? Oh, it, 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 okay. We are starting in, eight, in 1788, but it's going to drag into 1789 because this uh. election... You just, if you're an elector, you just show up and vote when you're ready. Oh, you know? makes sense. 
I mean, you got to get into a carriage and you got to, you know, brave the winter to get there. So whenever Drink you some show Harris up. Porter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of Harris Porter. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> Eddie, slow down on the beer. <laughs> I know, right? The great thing about this election is that we already know who is going to be victorious long before uh long before the constitution is even completed long before it's put together we all know who's going to be president of the united states so it was very similar to the election of 1988 <laughs> <laughs> and 2016 we thought <laughs> the map is even redder than 1988 Oh, there you Only go. green because George Washington is going to be a federalist. That's going to be the political party, but it's not yet. But it's going to be. There were only two people in America who could be president of the United States. There were only two people popular enough to sell it, to sell the country on, hey, I'm the leader of the whole damn thing. George Washington and Benjamin Franklin. Who was old. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why he was too old. Yeah. Oh, that but was the case. He actually was too old. Yeah, he was like the oldest, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was sick, too. Yeah, there you go. And he did not survive. I'm pretty sure he didn't survive the first presidential term, so it was good that they didn't choose him. You don't need a, a constitutional tragedy right away. In the beginning. No, that would be awful. And our new president is Ben Frank. He, what is dead? Next. <laughs> Who else we got on the bench? <laughs> but as long as we're talking about Ben Franklin, I should share one of Ben Frank Franklin's greatest quotes. He is an oft-quoted founding father of the United States, and he did once say, Fear is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. That's that's gospel truth. Beer is the proof of that. Not, yes. this, not this beer I'm drinking, I will tell you. That. Oh, <laughs> is it your four hands beer? Man, I've taken three sips of it. <laughs> You're wasted, aren't you? You lightweight. Completely. Why? Well, I, I question your uh, beer drinking credibility because you're drinking it out of the can. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One does not simply drink from a can. You will question that every episode, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you stick with you what you know is good. I kn I don't like any beer. So Th this 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 beer has never failed me. I will not be a, a founding father. Guys, it's surprised me a couple times, <laughs> but it's never failed me. <laughs> All right, so uh we got an odd Year election, 1789. Everybody knows it's going to be George Washington. George Washington is just completely bummed out about having to do this. No, he's bummed out for what? He, he doesn't want to be president? Oh, man, no. He wants to retire to Mount Vernon. And chill out the rest of his years. He only does this because he's the most popular human being in the United States. And he's the only one that can sell people on a presidency. There's literally nobody else. Benjamin Franklin is is just not, I mean, he's just not in the condition to do it at all. George Washington knows it has to be him. He writes in his diary over and over Oh, man, how I would like to retire. But 
if the people call me to do it, I simply have no choice, and I will do it for my country. That's the kind of guy that George Washington was in general. Probably the last person to actually approach the presidency that way. The last oh, person yeah. that didn't want to be president. Absolutely. But, but you know, there's – I have questions about this idea that George Washington was super – oh, oh, yes, you know uh, – I'm not going to do anything to get elected. I'm not going to campaign. It's interesting because if you go back to the 1750s, George Washington was a little bit more interested in holding public office back then. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's a little younger. He's like, dude's got to have a career. I'm going to seek public office. So he... (laughs) So he runs for the Virginia House of Burgesses. This is pre-America, obviously. He runs for the Virginia House of Burgesses, and he decides that he's above swilling the planters with bumbo. You ever heard that expression? Oh, no. What is that? Swilling the planters with bumbo is when you provide free alcohol to the people in order that they will see what a great choice you would be to have their vote. I like this guy already. Exactly. Sounds like modern-day politics. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to remember, there's no such thing as City Hall at this time. What every town has is a tavern, and that's where you're going to go to vote, and that's where you will be swilled with bumbo. Mm. And George Washington chose not to do that. He lost. So Wait, then, say George Washington lost an election. Oh yeah, he lost big time because he was he was too sure that he could be above these uh, basic things. People need to be swilled with a little bit of bumbo. I mean, really, that's so that's so awe-inspiring. It should probably make a license plate in Virginia. We're so damn dumb we didn't vote for Washington the first time. <laughs> I mean, it's not Virginia's for lovers, folks. Yeah, I could see that. That's a long, Just, that's a long license plate. Okay, so the license plate is a little bit longer little than long. typical. But anyway, yeah, it's more of a bumbo. Next story. election cycle, he goes back, swills the planters with bumbo. It was like several gallons per vote that he received. Oh, my. Oh, oh my. yeah. Oh, yeah, he swilled. <laughs> Bumbo was a plenty, so yeah. George Washington was not above, not as much above all of that as everyone would have you believe. At least yeah. not all his life. Oh, that's learning from your mistakes. But he is—he is bummed to have to be president. Yeah, but he takes it. Yeah, he does for the country and. Like I said before, that's the kind of guy that George Washington is. He's the father of the country. And you will not find anybody who does not love George Washington. Maybe some SJWs on the left. Uh-oh. Buzz the taboo. That was a little but, partisan, but we'll we'll allow it. Yeah. Mostly everybody loves him. Yep. Yeah. I like George Washington. Oh, way to go on a limb, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wow you, <laughs> but you know, the whole the whole wooden tea thing 
Does it not creep you out just a bit? Is that even true? I mean, I wouldn't tease Eddie creepy, Zipper, but they actually were not wood. But he did have dentures, and they were actually made out of ivory and animal bones. Oh, which sounds a little less gross. I mean, if it, were, yeah. if it was like animal teeth, yeah. that would be the funniest thing ever. Yeah, that's true. They still looked like that. <laughs> wow. Way to get off track. I'm not sure where the wooden teeth thing came from. He's got all these myths, like the chopping down the cherry tree. and That happened. That Had to have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the cherry tree story. That's from... That's probably where a lot of these myths come from. The cherry tree story is from a very early biography of George Washington. Back when you made a biography and you just made crap up, you're like, dude, I, I gotta... It sounds like the Kim Jong-un biography. <laughs> I is would what it be really like. good as a biographer. The then. guy's bowled four 300 games and like <laughs> has never passed gas ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So... Part of part of Washington needing to take this position, I mean, I guess the question I had was, when the framers were putting this whole position together of the executive branch, they had him in mind is sort of what it sounds like you're saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was president of the Constitutional Convention. He presided over it. You know, if you look at Article 2, you'll see things about the presidency that seem tailored to George Washington. It's like... Uh, oh, and the president shall be commander in chief of the armed forces. You know, oh, right, who does, right. who would be great for that? Oh, George Washington. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's it's designed with him in mind, and this may be the smartest move of the Constitutional Convention was to design it with him in mind, was to make sure that it would be him. Because, like I said, only guy in America who could pull it off. Yeah, you had a bunch of people that sort of came out of that constitu- constitutional convention, I'm sure, w- probably hating each other. That that may not even be too well, mild. I think I mean, the, the part that kind of wows me is that you come out of a, a, a convention where a country is formed, you have to think that there are others that are really ambitious. They come out of that and they think, you know, I could, I could run this thing. Right, and then they see, then they see Washington, and that has to like that, that really has to put the, the the cold towel per se on on their ambitions because the wet blanket, the wet blanket. This guy is enormously in, in you know impressive, and he's enormously popular, right, and unrivaled at that point. Like, yeah, he's unrivaled. But I mean, there, there's him, right? there's all these people that, that that signed on to this thing, and. You know, Washington, of course, is the military leader. He he was it was built for him, the presidency. But you, you just got to think there were others that wanted it. Yeah, who are who are these bit players in the background that actually you know were lurking behind the scenes, thinking I really want to run this place? Oh Lord, number one, top of the list, Aaron Burr. Ooh, he's going to be the first person to. Uh, really be tried for treason in the United States, Aaron Burr. That's going to be interesting when we get to that. You yeah, got John yep. John Adams, of course, believes that after everything he's done, he is the natural choice for president of the United States. Right. But he would never overstep Washington because, you know, Sam Adams, uh, 
is the guy who's going to be like, if if it were today, Santa, Sam Adams is like your Tea Party conservative, and John Adams is like your rhino, let's listen to this establishment type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and were Washington not there, there would clearly have been some, you know, every man for themselves, let's try to take each other down to, to get to the top well, of the country. Well, that's kind of the point I was trying to make on beer. But, right. I mean, you know, if he was not there, that glue guy, you essentially have created a nation that was going to be fractured immediately with the first election. People arguing right away. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and what they wanted, I guess the formers wanted, is they wanted consistency for as long as possible. So how long could Washington have been president? How long could he have been president? He could have been yeah. president the rest of his life. Many yeah, he, many, he, he, many no. people wanted him to be president for the rest of his life. Right, and and especially those people who treated it like a monarch, right? I mean, they, they, there are several people of, of the, I guess, Federalist that saw him as, as a monarch-type figure and wanted him to stay coronated for life. Oh, absolutely. The Federalists, they're... In, in fact, one interesting thing about uh, George Washington and John Adams, and then it's going to end there, is that the president is originally His Excellency the President. His Excellency George Washington, His Excellency John Adams, and then third president Thomas Jefferson is the one that puts a stop to His Excellency, and that's the end of that. It really surprises me that Adams didn't put a stop to being called His Excellency. <laughs> With everything I hear about, it's, it's almost like, I wonder if, if Jefferson was just having a bad day. No, Jefferson, what Jefferson wasn't into monarchs at all. But you, you hear about Adams, you know, short man, big ego. I'm sure he definitely wanted to be called His Excellency. In fact, he was he was probably following Washington around, hearing that for his whole time, thinking, "I can't wait. I get to be His so, Excellency. I can't <laughs> wait till people have to call me this." Yeah. Well, you know, when Adams was president of the Senate, because he was vice president of the United States, which automatically made him president of the Senate, yeah. he he tried to push legislation that would make the title for the president, I mean, even bigger than His Excellency. Things like, His Excellent Majesty the President. <laughs> Just like he writes letters. He's into the beer again when he's writing those titles. It's funny because around the house at the Moore Mansion, I, I I just I let I let my kids call me Hefe. I think well, we could use some of his excellencies around here. Hefe, Hefe. Well, my Man. students call me His Excellency Professor Zipperbutt. Oh, I, like I don't know if that's butt. rare or yeah. if that's just a normal thing. <laughs> I didn't tell them to do it's it. They came normal. up with it on their own. So so, what are the major accomplishments of a Washington presidency? Oh man. Jeez, I mean, no big deal. Washington, I mean, if we're going to get into his actual presidency, Washington sets every precedent. The biggest, I would say, is Washington sets the precedent that the president of the United States is just going to decide foreign policy, right? He declares the United States is going to be neutral in the war between France and Great Britain. Um, Congress is like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you cannot, de Congress is the only one that can declare war, and therefore, the only one that can declare neutrality by not declaring war. So, exactly, you, 
you are overstepping, but uh, Washington sets all kinds of precedents like that. And once one president does it, the the next president has no problem doing it. Yep. So let me ask you this. So when when does Washington decide to step down at that point? Was there another election prior to that where he was reelected unopposed or how did that work? Oh, yeah. Washington decides to step down before the election of 1792, which is going to be the second presidential election. And we're doing them both in one episode because these are the most boring elections in American history because there is no opposition. They are the most civilized elections in existence. Uh, I do have a little bit to say about the sectional election, but uh, anyway. So uh, he decides before this first term is up that he wants to step down. And James Madison, father of the Constitution, uh, he comes to George Washington and he's like, dude, this is a paraphrase, uh, dude. <laughs> You cannot step down. We need you at the top. Still, you are the only person who can sell America on this position. The country is not ready for other people to be in this position. And let me tell you, you will see how smart James Madison was in saying that when we get to the election of 1796 and George Washington is out. Because after his second term, he's like, dudes, I literally cannot do this anymore. I am totally out of here. And Washington is dead before that third term would have ended. Uh, yeah. So it sounds like to me, because if you think about you got Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, both Madison and Monroe, if I'm wrong, were both kind of Jeffersonian disciples. It sounds like a lot of people just did not want Adams to be president. <laughs> oh, man. It's... I mean, That's a good point. There's Washington for two terms, and then there's Adams for one term. He's the first person ever. He's the first incumbent ever to be defeated. And then it's all Democrat, Democratic Republicans. No Federalist will ever be president ever again after John Adams. That's the he end of the it. party. It's 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 funny to me that. Everyone's thinking it, and the only reason they want him to, to remain is because there there literally is no one in the bench. There's no one to call up from the minors, and there's there, we're at peace, right? And typically, one of the reasons why Washington had so much notoriety is because he was a general, and there's no one to fill that void within within the military ranks because we're uh, you know we're a country at peace, and you've got this John Adams fellow who's is is not really liked, <laughs> to say the least. Abigail liked him. That was about it. Appa- apparently, he, he was the Mitt him. Romney of his time. <laughs> the <laughs> Mitt Romney. Where, where's the partisan buzzer? <laughs> 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 what else do we need to know about these two elections? Well, I got a, I got a question. We got some questions. Was there, was there any campaign promise? Oh. that Washington had or gave to the people that he wasn't actually able to come through on. No, because there's because there is no campaign. Yeah. He but he was coronated. But that question does bring up the idea of will George Washington forever remain this perfect 
American icon? And the answer to that is no, because by the end of his second term, he's not loved anymore because of the treaty that he makes with uh, Great Britain. And, I mean, by the end of his second term, people are burning Washington in effigy. No well, kidding. That happened that early. Oh, yeah. Such is the life of the American <laughs> presidency. <laughs> so, so really, we've been a country that eats their own from the very beginning. Sounds like it. From the beginning. And, you know, that's actually a good thing in a way to a degree because when everything is civil and that's sort of the number one word to describe the first two american elections totally yeah. civil no campaign at all there's no democracy because people don't even go and vote for who's going to be president at this point the state legislatures choose electors those electors go to the electoral college and they choose the president. So the average person in almost every single state has no say in who's going to be president. But there was no question. It was the the expectation that when it was announced, it was going to be Washington regardless. No doubt about that. That is 100%. But later, um, the first few elections, it's going to be the... Uh, caucuses the party caucuses in congress just choose the candidates can you imagine that the federalist oh, caucus now. what are you talking about <laughs> the federal <laughs> yeah you may be right about the federalist you didn't have 24 people running for the nomination the federalist caucus in congress chose their candidate the democratic republicans in congress chose their candidates State legislatures chose some electors. Those electors decided between the two. It, sound, it, it actually doesn't sound that bad to get rid of a lot of those folks on stage right now. <laughs> it, it would have been a lot better, and we would have found out a lot more about a select few of them. <laughs> Later, we're going to find out who changed the face of American politics, mm. who brought American politics to the people and it is going to be a person that is going to blow your mind. Ooh. You're going to be like, that person matters? I was told in school that person is of no consequence. William Taft. Has to be Taft. Wait, to hear. Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> it's a little late. It's a little late. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. What else do we need to know about Washington's elections? All right. Um, I got to tell you a really important thing about the first few elections is that there's no... 12th Amendment to the Constitution yet. Okay. That's a really important thing because the 12th Amendment says that the Electoral College will vote separately for president and vice president. Ah. Mm -hmm. If there were no 12th Amendment right now in the year 2019, Donald Trump will be president of the United States. And the vice president of the United States would not be Mike Pence. It would be... Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Ooh, that would be so, so awesome. So in other words, Donald Trump would be dead. That would be so <laughs> <laughs> Ring the bell, partisan. My bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Suicide by gunshot <laughs> wound yeah. to the back of the head. Murder yeah. side hits, hits again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we did once have a president who decided it would be super fun 
to have a vice president from the other party. And guess what happened to that president? Yeah, that was that didn't work out too well no. for Lincoln. No. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not too good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Another thing about the Washington election. This is the last thing. All right. These two elections. 1789-1792 are going to be the only elections in all of American history where the electoral vote is unanimous. It was unanimously for George Washington in both elections. They had to vote again in order to be able to choose a vice president. So the electoral college system... Needs that Twelfth Amendment from the very beginning. No because... kidding, it does. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding, it does. My God, that could have been. There's so many awful, odd combinations of president, vice president, just in our generation that would have been just have been great for TV drama, good for podcasts. <laughs> Holy smokes! Right. Yeah the the Reagan Mondale administration. No, that's exactly Ooh. right. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Obama Romney would have been good. Oh man, better Emory than Obama and Romney. Ivory. <laughs> the Obama McCain administration. How oh, about that one? Go. Oh god. Yeah. Actually, I think they probably would have gotten along just swell. They would have gotten along better than than McCain and Palin, I'm sure. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Palin gets a bad rap. She you just like her cuz she hot. she could have seen Russia from her from her doorstep. That would yeah. She's the it's, closest. It's possible. She's the closest person to Russia that we have. Listen, has anyone ever been to her house to confirm or deny to debunk what she could or could Whether not see? Whether she could see Russia or not? No, I don't know. All right. Do you I, know trivia? Trivia time. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Do you know which states did not get a say in who would be the first president of the United States? Ooh, which states? This is oh, a really hard we- one. Was there some weird rule that um, the state where the candidate comes from could not say? So in this case, Virginia. There was not a rule of that nature. Uh, God, that wow. made me think of something super important, though, which is the importance of Washington being from Virginia. Because yes. that got all the Democratic-Republican types, all the anti-federalists on board because you got a Virginian. Yep. All those, all those planters that that didn't like the government. Yeah, and they didn't get swilled with Bumbo because they didn't have a say in who was going to be president of the United States. Not H- yet. How about um, New York State? Just oh yes, yes, New York is one of them. Okay. Did not ratify the Constitution yet. Wow. Oh, there you go. So they were late to the party with a signature, so they couldn't they couldn't do it. That's right. There's another. I'm going to say Georgia. It's not Georgia. Come on, don't pick on Georgia, man. I just thought were, that was the convict state. Georgia was crushing it. <laughs> Georgia was crushing it from the beginning. Oh, okay. I'm uh, from Georgia. Uh, the, the, so. Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky is not a state yet. So, yes, you are correct that they did not have so I was right. a say. Oh, wow. Pennsylvania. North Carolina is uh, – they did not also – they also did not ratify the Constitution like New York. Um, so they got no vote. I said so New York didn't – what was the holdup, Eddie? Did I say New York didn't ratify the Constitution? Yes. yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Rhode Island. New York 
was correct, though. They didn't vote, but it was because their legislature failed to choose electors in time. <laughs> wow. Oh, so yeah. I was in charge. Yeah, exactly. That was a swing Ooh. and a miss on New York. So they, it was Rhode Island. We missed the deadline. Is there anything we can do? Yeah. <laughs> Rhode Island and New York did not ratify the Constitution. No, God, I said it again. Rhode Island and North Carolina did not ratify the Constitution in time. New York did not choose electors in time. One more, Vermont, said, you know what? We're not going to do the United States thing. We feel like, we, like we're a pretty good country. We're going to be a republic on our own. We got this. Yeah. That sounds very Bernie Sanders. That sounds very Texas, if you ask me. <laughs> we got this. I just think they've always been backwards. Who in Vermont would think we're good, is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got this. Well, the, the, po- whatever. the population of Vermont today is like 12. Yep. They'll pay you $50,000 if you move there, by the way. Wow. No thanks. <laughs> I mean, can I can I move there and move directly out, or is there a period of time I have to live there? Do they give you Ben and Jerry's if you move there? I, I don't, don't like Ben do. and Jerry's. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars will buy you some Ben and Jerry's. It would. That's true. Ben and Jerry's makes me ill. It's it's like <laughs> why? Here's what happened with Ben and Jerry's. We got ice cream, one of the best inventions of mankind. Let's make it political. And they start adding shit to it oh. that just makes no sense. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Now we're explicit. Yes. 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 But I mean, you take you take <laughs> something so pure, and then these people, these obvious communists, sorry, they start to ruin <laughs> this thing called ice cream by adding so much stuff to it. That it doesn't even taste like ice cream anymore. Vermont, you've officially ruined everything. Congratulations. Well, ben and Jerry's isn't even ice cream. You ruined the country. It's other stuff that fell in. You ruined ice cream. You ruined the Senate by sending Bernie Sanders. You have, you've ruined everything. <laughs> We're not moving there ever. So where do we go from here, Eddie? Yeah. All right. Well, I am actually going to get that buzzer for the partisan stuff. But, hey, here's what I figure. Probably anybody listening to a podcast about American history is probably going to be okay with our brand of a little bit of that kind of partisanship. Yes. I I mean, it's American history. We know who doesn't like American history and doesn't want to know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) The ones that want to pay no attention to it. That's right. We don't have to lie about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So Washington wins both of the first two presidential elections. By the time the second one rolls around and he's been made to do it again, all those other states are part of the union again. Uh, He wins unanimously again. He will be the last president to win unanimously because, and stay tuned for the next episode because it's about to get ugly. You're going to need lots of beer for this next one. A teaser. I like that, Eddie. It's going to get ugly forever. Make sure you come back. You got to hear about the next election. A guy named Jefferson, a guy named named Adams, if I can pronounce it. (laughs) Let's close this one out. (laughs) Eddie Zipper. Wait, tell everybody where to find us. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely listen to us. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on iHeartRadio. Wherever you get podcasts, download every episode. Tell all of your friends. Take your friend's phone away. Open up their podcast app and download our podcast on their phones. Hijack their their personal cell phone. It's really for their own good. Absolutely. They can learn something. This makes total sense. Until next time. Come back. This has been every election ever on beer. 